Community, that's what we've been talking about uh, on Sunday mornings, and there's so much, uh, so much to community, it takes a lot, doesn't it? I mean, families just don't happen. The natural thing for a family or any group is for it to fall apart. It takes work to keep it together, and uh, it takes work to make things happen. It takes people, it takes everyone pitching in, helping out. And um, <clears throat> so we've been talking about this idea of community <clears throat> and that when God's people, you know, when we live together the way we ought to, God loves that. You know, he looks down at that and he says, this is, this is the way it's supposed to be. When we're living together in unity and in uh, uh, harmony together with one another, uh, God, God, God calls that pleasant, right? Good and pleasant. And, and I don't know about you, but it's, it's pretty good to know that we can do something together that God looks at and says, great job, good job. But again, that takes effort, doesn't it? It takes all of us working together and, and pitching in and doing our part. And also community, the point of community is that the world may believe. So the community of God isn't just about us, you know, growing and patting each other on the back. It's about us shining brightly so that the world will believe in Jesus. And that has to happen, right? That has to happen too. But that flame that we create among us is only going to be as bright as we make it. If we're a part of it, God's going to use us all and it's going to be brighter, all right? And, and we're going to reach more people based on our ability to work together and our ability to give it to God and let God use us together. And uh, the community will see that bright light and want to be a part of that. And it takes time, doesn't it? <clears throat> it takes a lot of time. I think for, I've been here almost uh, going on three years and we've been going over these apartments uh, right down the street uh, for every, almost every event that we do that involves kids or involves the church. And uh, we've been knocking on those doors and inviting those people to stuff. And at the trunk of treat, there were, there were people from those apartments. It's taken uh, three years almost for that seed to begin to grow and for them to show up. And I thought, that what a breakthrough. That's, that's so cool. But it takes time, right? It takes time. And that kind of leads into what community is today for us, okay? Community means this. It means patience, doesn't it? Patience. Patience. There it is. Patience. Oh, man. This is a tough topic for me, right? Patience. If you know me at all, Cole, <laughs> patience is, is hard to come by, isn't it? Wow. Some of you jumped right on that and said, yeah, because <laughs> you know, <laughs> Aaron's still thinking about it. Patience. Uh, here, here's what patience is, for, according to the dictionary. It's the ability to wait, able to handle delay, trouble, suffering without getting upset. Wow, that's, that's, pretty, um, that's pretty deep, right? That's, that's, that, that'll push you and press you. And so, so the question today is this. What pushes your patience, right? What pushes your patience? And just think about that as we kind of get into this. Um, what pushes your patience? Because uh, there's a lot of things that kind of move us, you know, that push us a little bit, and then we become impatient. Uh, or we want results quicker, and we want it our way now. <laughs> you know, we can't even go through the, the drive-through without getting impatient, right? 
Somebody's not moving fast enough. They're not putting the pickles on my burger quick enough. You know, what are they doing? Chasing the chicken around the parking lot? Where, where, what's going on here? <laughs> right? All of us, right? Just impatient, just like we wanted, like yesterday. And uh, patience is tough. It, it, and there's a lot of things, I think, that probably push us, people push us, things push us, uh, just things that some in our control, some out of our control, and, and maybe we even push ourselves. We're just impatient. And we don't even have patience with our impatience. It's like, it's just a, it's a hard thing. But we're in um, 1 Thessalonians, if you want to go to 1 Thessalonians. And uh, Paul's going to say some, something here. We're just going to look at one verse and, um, and, and want, to, want to just kind of dig into this about patience. Community main, means patience. But in light of what Paul is talking about in this chapter, and in his book, he kind of comes to the end of... Um, this letter to the Thessalonians, and he's talking about the day of the Lord. If you look at chapter 5, the beginning of chapter 5, um, and he, he's talking about the day of the Lord. If you see that verse 2 in chapter 5, verse 2, don't look at the screen yet. It's not, we're not there yet. For, he says, for you know very well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. Um, and so he's, he's trying, like in his final remarks to the, the, the people He's trying to, to prepare them that the, the day of the Lord is coming, and uh, so be ready, like be alert, be, be active. Uh, he, and he says a lot of things in this little section here about how we are to be in light of the day of the Lord. And in verse 4, in light of the darkness, right? The darkness around us that we live in on this earth. Uh, in light of all that, he says in verse 14, this verse on the screen, and he says, and we urge you, brothers and sisters, warn those who are idle and disruptive. Encourage the disheartened. Help the weak. Be patient with everyone. All right, so that's a little mouthful right there that Paul says. And we're going to kind of just look at all these little parts that he says here. Because all of it in this, in this one verse is kind of tied to the idea of being patient. And patience means a lot of things, but Paul, Paul, I think, says it really well here. He says, first of all, he says, we, right, we, in verse 14, we urge you, right, we, and the we is the leadership, the apostles, right, the, 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 the authority that Jesus put in place to direct the churches to, to one day, you know, as they get moving, appoint elders, but the, the we here is the apostles are saying to us, this instruction, okay? And because this is not just for the church there, this is for all the churches, for us. It's for all the community of God that, that, that we, and then he says, urge you, and that word means to like implore, to strongly ch uh, challenge you or to strongly encourage you to, um, to, to make sure that these things happen. Paul says we, like as apostles, we urge you in what I'm about to tell you. And then he gives some really valuable instruction. Instruction for us as a community, right? And the first two things he says are kind of a warning. They're warnings to us. They're attitudes among us, you know? They're, they're things that we as a church need to guard against and be warned about. Not that these things are happening necessarily, but that we're careful that they don't happen. And the first thing he says is warn those who are idle. Okay, now it's interesting that he says warn in the midst of patience, right? 
He says, warn those who are idle. He doesn't say, in directly connection to this one line, he doesn't say, be patient with those who are idle, even though patience is a part of this thing. He says, warn those who are idle. Warn them, right? For, for, for a good reason as well. You know, the reason is eternity is at stake. So in the community of God, nobody gets to be idle. Nobody gets to do nothing, right? Nobody gets to sit around. And some things should not be put up with. And you know this in a family, right? I mean, there's some things in your family with your children that you just don't put up with because they affect everybody. And they're not good. And they have to be like rooted out and, and, and changed and challenged. And, and so God is saying to us that in the community of God, make sure people are not idle. There's a war going on out there, right? There's a, there's a battle out there in the world. And it's intense. And the intensity of God's church needs to match the intensity of the war out there. And so God says, like, don't, don't let people be idle. Don't put up with idleness. And it's a warning. Uh, it's a warning to those who are idle. So what is that? Like, what is that and who is that? Like, who is he talking to? So if you look at the context of this whole section, if you look at chapter 5 and check out these verses, just look at these verses. Verse 1, verse 4, verse 12, verse 14, verse 25, verse 26, verse 27, and in chapter 4, he's talking to the brothers and the sisters. He's talking to us. He's not talking to people outside the church. He's talking to those who claim to be Christians. He says, brothers and sisters, us, don't be idle. Warn those who are idle. That's who he's talking to. He's talking to kingdom children. Those of us who, are, who have put our hand to the plow and said, Jesus, I will follow you wherever you lead. I will do whatever it is you want. I will go where you want me to go. Those people who have committed fully to Jesus cannot be idle. Warn those not to be idle. So in light of the fact that we're the body of Christ and that each one of us have been given a spiritual gift and we're to use that gift to serve others, right? All of us are to use our gift to serve one another faithfully, administering the grace of God in various forms. No one gets to sit around. In the kingdom of God, in the church of God, in the body of Christ, there are no bleachers. There is no bench that you get to go sit down on and watch other people work. That's unexcusable. And those people should be warned. That's what Paul's saying. There's, a, there's only one thing, and it's, it's, it's a battlefield. And we're all on it. And we're either working to, to save each other, to help each other, to work together, to sweat next to each other, to make things happen, to get things done, to fight against the enemy, to seek God with all our hearts, or we're doing nothing. We're idle. And you know what matters, you know, idol is, idol is like being in neutral. And we all hate that, don't we? I mean, that's not going to work. Like, you're sitting at a traffic light, and the guy or the girl, whoever it is, is sitting in front of you, and the light turns green, and they're texting, right? How many of you love that? How many of you are guilty of that? <laughs> okay, good. So that's idol. That's what idol is. It's like, it's like just being in the way. That's what it means to be idle. That's what he's saying here. It's that person that the light changes and they're just in the way. They're like of no use. 
They're just hurting the cause. They're stopping the flow. See, family is about team. Leadership is about team. The body of Christ and the church is about team. And when someone isn't helping, they're not being team players. They're idle. And they're in the way, right? And it, it, it has become about them. It is no longer about the mission. It's about them and what they want to do. See how that's wrong? God is strongly against this. He doesn't say just pat them on the back and tell them to do better. He says you warn them because this is, this is important that they not be idle. See, the mission of Jesus requires going further, not shorter, not less. It's the extra mile mentality that God has called us to, right? That's what he's called us to. And so in the, in the, in the umbrella of patience, there's this sense that God says, be patient, but don't let people just do whatever. There's got to be order, and everyone has to pitch in. Check out this. Uh, idols, idleness grows like a weed. You know, did you ever notice that? Like the, the, and it catches on to other people. Look at uh, 1 Timothy here says this. Look what he says, 1 Timothy 5.13. Um, Paul writes and he says, Besides, they get into the habit of being idle and going from house to house, and not only do they become idlers, but also busybodies who talk nonsense, saying things they ought not to. It's like when you get idle, you're going to find something to do, and usually it's the wrong thing, right? So the right thing to do is don't be idle, get busy doing kingdom work. That's, that's what we should do, right? The second thing he warns us about in this little verse, in just verse 14, he says, warn those who are idle, and then he says, warn the disruptive. Okay, that's a different word, right? It's a different idea altogether. Again, in the church, we should not put up with people who are being idle, and we should not put up with those who are being disruptive. We wouldn't do that at home, right? You, you, you keep your kids from doing that to each other. So if idleness is doing nothing, disruptiveness is doing too much, of the wrong thing, right? That's what that is. People are disruptive. They're doing something. It's just the wrong thing. They're like unruly kids going around just stirring stuff up, being disruptive. Now, again, I'm not saying this because we have people doing this. I'm just saying this because we all need to check ourselves. because either we're contributing or we're not. We're either working with the body or we're working against the body, right? We're either participating and helping or we're not. Disruptive people are like gossipers. They stir things up. They go around planting seeds of doubt and dissension among other people. They sometimes speak against the leadership. They're critical about everything. And they use their energy to promote division. Make sure you're not that, right? Just make sure you're not that. They're not team players. People who are disruptive and idle, they're not mission-minded. They're inward and they're short-minded. So these first two things are actually people that are in the church and they're working against the mission. Should, we, should that go on? We all know, no, right? That should not go on. So it's no big surprise that God says, do not allow that to happen among God's people. God has a strong word for them. He says, warn them. It means to admonish them. It means to discipline or to be firm with them. Those who disrupt the body of Jesus. Okay, don't allow it to go on. Idlers are like dead weight. 
Think about this. People who are idler are like dead weight. They're just in the way. And what has to happen is other people have to carry their load. That shouldn't happen. And people who are disruptive, they just stir things up. They're troublemakers. And others are always having to go behind them and put out the fires that they start. And, and, and that's just a waste of time, right? See, that stuff shouldn't go on. In the scope of being patient, Paul says, be patient, but warn these people. Don't let this stuff go on. Be firm with these attitudes. Be a team player. Don't work against God. Philippians chapter 1 says this, only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel. Right? That's what, that's what God has called us to, to live our life in, a, in such a way that our lives and our behavior is worthy of the gospel. And that's what a good community does. See, what we're striving to be is the kind of community that God has called us to be. And some things need to happen in the body, in the community, and some things cannot happen in the community. And we need to know that, right? We need to know that so that we don't do that. I don't want to be a person who's idle and in the way. I don't want to be a person who's disruptive and causing trouble and stirring things up. I'm not going to do that. I shouldn't want to do that. I should check myself and not allow myself to do that. So we should all evaluate ourselves on these first two things that he says. That, and we need to ask ourselves, am I among those that are idle? All right, ask yourself, am I among those who are idle? Am I contributing to the body of Christ? Ask yourself, yourself, nobody else. This is self-evaluation. Am I contributing to the body of Christ right here where God has placed me in this community? Am I contributing or am I idle? And secondly, am I disruptive? Am I doing things that is disrupting what God is trying to do in this church or in this body? These are serious questions. It's why God says, warn them. And now we need to take that warning personally and say, I want to make sure I'm not being this person. Right? So, so here's what you do. Turn to your neighbor and say, don't be idle. Turn to your neighbor and say, don't be idle. Turn to your other neighbor and say, don't be disruptive. Don't you be disruptive. Okay? And then he hits on two other kinds of, kind of conditions, people in the church, in the community. And he, he says this. First thing is he says, encourage the disheartened. See that? He says, encourage the disheartened. We urge you, brothers and sisters, warn those who are idle and disruptive, encourage the disheartened. Okay, think about that, the disheartened. The word encourage means, it comes up a lot, we've been mentioning that a lot in this idea of, of, of community for a reason, because encourage is what we need. We all need to be encouraged. Keep going. Keep fighting. Find your gift. Serve God. Grow the kingdom. Reach your friends, right? We all need encourage. We all need like somebody to say, keep going, keep going. Like my, my, that dad on the sideline, you know, with the chain, swinging around about to kill somebody. Cheering me on down the sideline, right? That's encouraged to, to take courage and help put it in people. Like, put, instill it in them. That's what courage, and, and it comes up a lot, and it means to console, it means to build up, it means to impart, it means to strengthen, right, and to fortify. And courage, he says, those who are disheart, disheartened, the, the faint-hearted, right, those who have small or little courage or little faith, little-spirited is what it means, to be feeble-minded spiritually may be overburdened with sorrow or persecution or living in a world of sin. They have become disheartened. Disheartened people need a couple things, right? Think about somebody that you may know 
that may be disheartened right now. Maybe in this body, maybe not. I don't know. Family member, somebody. Here's what they need. They need to know, number one, that Jesus is always with us, right? They need to know that. They need to know, they need to be reminded that Jesus is always with us. No matter what you're going through, he's there. And for a disheartened people, that begins to bring hope and light, right? And strength and courage. Everything we need comes in that. They also need to know that nothing is impossible for God. Whatever it is you're going through, God can handle it. Nothing's impossible for God. So just hang on to him, and he's with you, and you'll get through anything. Nothing's impossible. And the third thing is this. They need a visible way to see help and hope. They need to see it, not just hear about it. Right? They need to see that you care. Right? I mean, what good is if we just talk about it? We don't do anything. Jesus was about doing it. He not only said these things, but he did these things, right? He healed people. He touched people. He loved people, right? He fed people. He physically did things to inspire courage and strength in those who were disheartened. And we must too. So I was cutting this tree down for this guy, real old guy, real old guy. I mean, he got out of the car and I didn't know if he was going to make it. That's how old he was. He came driving up, and I had cut down this huge branch for him at his house because he, you know, he comes out and he couldn't do it. And he comes up to me, and, and I'm, I'm just talking to him for a minute, and he says, so who are you with? And that's a loaded question, right? Because, um, and I'm thinking, you know, I've been telling people, like, I'm here with Two Rivers Church because they're in New Bern. I, it's going to do very little good to say I'm with Burlington Christian Church, you know, three hours away. So I thought about it for a minute, and I said, I said, I'm with the kingdom of God. And he looked at me, and he goes, oh, good. Okay, you're one of those guys. <laughs> he's, he's, he's like, and he just couldn't say thank you enough. Because he said, I, can't, I couldn't do that. I said, I know, you, there's no way you can do it. The guy's got a cane. He's walking like he barely can walk. Of course, he's not going to get up there and do that. But what encouraged him was that somebody was there doing something. It's not enough to say God's with you. Peace be, go on your way. That's not going to get it. That's not going to do it. What is going to do it is our actions. All right? Our active behavior, our activity in the kingdom of God. It isn't enough to just say God will be with you. It isn't enough to say God can do anything. Nothing's impossible for God. People need to see us in action working in their lives, right? That's what they need. That, that will help the disheartened. Here, God, God will take care of you. Look what Philippians chapter um, 4.19 says. Philippians chapter 4.19 says this, And my God, Paul says, will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Jesus Christ, in Christ Jesus. Right? So God is the one who will supply every need. We point people to God. We show people that we have God living in us by what we do, and that encourages the disheartened. The last thing he says is this, or the fourth thing he's going to say is this, help the weak, right? Help the weak. That's the word. Encur or, or warn those who are idle and disruptive. Encourage the disheartened. Help the weak. Help the weak. That means to extend care, right? It means to assist. It means to come alongside and support somebody, to hold them up or to hold on to them. Help the weak. The weak are those who maybe are sick or, or, or struggling or strengthless, or maybe they're, they're struggling spiritually or struggling spiritually and they're frail. And what we do is, Paul says, 
in this umbrella of being patient is we come alongside them and we support them. But that isn't going to happen if you don't spend time together. It isn't going to happen if you don't know each other. It only is going to happen when you get to sit down and talk to people and you learn where they're at, right? And then we can do what's necessary. But if we don't spend time together, there's no way. The community is only going to grow if we're growing together and we're going deeper with each other. Do you know what God is doing in you? Do you know what God is doing in you? Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 12. It says this, But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness so that Christ's power may rest on me. Paul said weakness isn't a bad thing because in weakness, God goes to work because we completely rely on him in those moments. See, when we're strong, we're feeling confident and good, we kind of forget about God. We don't need God. I got this. But when we're weak, and we're struggling, and we go to our knees, and we look up, that's where we need to be, right? That's when we can rely on God, and that's when God will go to work in us. That's when he will he'll move in us, and, and Paul says, like, help the weak. Be the hands and feet of Jesus to the weak. So Paul has a lot to say in this section and in these uh, lines about his final words, but he wraps it up with this thought, be patient with everyone. Do you see it? We urge your brothers and sisters, warn those who are idle and disruptive, encourage the disheartened, help the weak, be patient with everyone. It means to be long-spirited or forbear, to forbear with each other, to not fly off the handle. You don't throw in the towel. You don't think too highly of yourself, right? We remember, we remember that we are all on a journey. We're all on this journey with God and we're all in different places along our journey. And Jesus is patient with you and he's patient with me, right? Wherever we are, he's patient with us. But we got to, you know, we face it. People do really, really dumb things, don't they? (laughs) Speaking from, whatever. All right, yes, people do dumb things all the time, don't they? I mean, they do. I do. We all do, right? We We all make mistakes. We all have weaknesses, right? We all have moments of faithlessness. We all act like heathens sometimes. We sin. We're selfish. And when I say people, I mean all of us, right? All of us. See, we're all guilty of the same thing. And we're all in need of much patience, aren't we? For all you are patient with, those same people are patient with you, (laughs) right? See, we need the patience we give out, right? And we need to give it out so we get it back. And Paul says, everyone. He says, be patient with everyone. And everyone is all people. So those who are idle and disruptive, warn them, but be patient. Those who are disheartened, those who are weak, be patient. It means try and be understanding. Take time, we should take time to find out why and what's going on. What's up? That takes time. Might take a cup of coffee. It might take dinner. It might take a meal. It might take getting together outside of church. It might take a little bit more than just sitting in the pews together for an hour and a half to really get to know people so you can be patient with them, so you can learn their weaknesses and help them along, so you can learn if they're disheartened and encourage them, right? That's what it's going to take if we're going to be the community of God. The opposite of patience 
is impatience. <laughs> We're good at that. <laughs> We're real good at that. That might be a spiritual gift for some. <laughs> right, and that means just to push her to, you know, to push her to rush someone along, right? Like forcing a flower to, to unfold. It's not going to work out well, right? Impatience, what impatience does in our own heart. If you're impatient, go ahead, raise your hand. If you're impatient, okay, okay, you know who you are, I know who I am. If you're impatient, what, what that really is doing is it's revealing something else. It's revealing another issue. And, and get this right, the, the, the wrong of impatience is as bad as the thing that you're impatient about. Right? So whatever it is you're being impatient about that you think is so wrong, your impatience is just as wrong as it. Not bad? Woo! So in the same way that God was working with Moses, in the same way that God was working with Abraham and the disciples, and it took great patience, the the plan took time to unfold, the plan took years to come to fullness, the plan took patience from God and from men, God is working on you. You require patience, right? And God is working on your neighbor, and they require patience. Patience does not mean that we accept sinful behavior. Uh, patience does not mean that anything goes or that we wink at immoral living. It doesn't mean that we, uh, we're happy with faithlessness. Some things need to be warned against. And Paul does that in the midst of patience. He warns us against certain things. So it's more about how I handle the things around me that aren't moving the way I think they should. That's what it's more about. And community is about working together and working it out. Amen? Amen? That's what it's about. Tweaking and changing a little bit of me, a little bit of us, a little bit of what we're doing, how we're doing it. And we all are doing that. We're all being transformed by the Word of God. And God's Word today says to us, we urge you, brothers and sisters, warn those who are idle and disruptive. Encourage the disheartened. Help the weak. Be patient with everyone because God is working on you, right? So let's let God work. Amen to that? Let's just let God work, and let's be patient on this journey together. Father, we love you so much. God, we're so grateful that you're patient with us as individual people. We know, we know our weaknesses. We know how we struggle. We know how we're so wishy-washy, and we're so on and off. We're so faithful and so faithless, sometimes in the same hour. And you're patient with us. God, you're patient with us. No one else sees all this, but you do. You know our hearts, you know where we're at, and you're still patient with us because you love us. God, help us to be a community of people who love like you love. That we're patient with ourselves, that we're patient with each other, but that we all work together to serve you. That we're not idle. We're not letting other people do our job that we contribute and we're a part of your kingdom, that we're soldiers on the battlefield fighting right next to each other, arm in arm, because there's a war going on out there. It's nice and calm and peaceful in here, but it's intense out there. People are dropping. They're falling away. They're being led astray. And the community of God is the only solution, the only answer for those people. 
So Father, help us to be just as intense as the war out there, as we grow together in here. Help us to be your hands and your feet to the world, Lord. We love you so much. Thank you for being patient with us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.